0: Hey everyone, this is the Phileas Club episode 77 for October 2016 and we're talking about drone legislation in Sweden, government workers getting salary cuts in Saudi Arabia, elections in France and then a significant portion about the elections in the US where I finally let loose. Well, not really, but we're trying to get a little bit of perspective. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Phileas Club. This is a regular episode where where we get uh, people from different countries, different cultures, different backgrounds to tell us about what's been happening in their corner of the world over the past month or so. Uh, My name is Patrick Beja, and uh, I'm living between France and Finland. So already I have a Western Europe slash Northern Europe uh, bias. And uh, today we have our, well... I was going to say my good friend, but really it's everyone's good friend, Turkey from Saudi Arabia. How are you doing, Turkey?
1: I'm good. I'm everybody's good friend. Wow. Wow. Are (laughs) you trying to ruin my reputation? Yeah,
0: that's exactly (laughs) what I'm trying to do. I'm I'm glad you're joining us, uh, and we also have a fellow Nordic person. Uh, you know, you notice know how I'm uh, including myself in that population now. Uh, it's Brecky Thomason joining us from
2: Sweden. How are you doing, Brecky? So I, I'm apparently nobody's friend. I'm I'm just Nordic. <laughs> Right, uh, well, already we're starting with the, of your puppy dude.
0: We're, we're, we're starting <laughs> with the uh, you know the characterization, the the negative attacks on on everyone. Mm-hmm. you know Patrick doesn't like Swedish people, or actually you're not originally from Sweden, so Patrick doesn't like n- the Nordic people, and he <laughs> hates uh, minorities in Europe or something that's he, you he just can hate having that. fun. Yeah. It's you can feel that there's election time all around me because not only is it the elections in the US as everyone knows, but also it's the elections in France uh that have been heating up. So the attacks are flying everywhere. And that's yep. pretty interesting. Um glad to be here by the way. So yes. sorry about opening up on a sour note. <laughs> I'm glad glad you're back. It's it's been a while.
2: Um been too long.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you've been super busy working uh, on on super complicated. I was gonna say it, but maybe I don't know if it's if it, it's public what you're doing. So I'm gonna refrain.
2: Um, well, the job itself is public. The customer isn't.
0: Right. Okay. Can you talk about the country with with which you're working? Probably not.
2: Um, no, let's just okay. say Middle East, North Africa is the region that I work towards the most at the moment.
0: Right. Okay. And that must be interesting in its own right. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> maybe we should do a special after, you know, the um,
2: the the statute of limitation on the uh, yeah. non-disclosure. If you need any like,
1: lessons on how to deal with these people, just ask
2: me. No, no, I, I've been doing it for years. Um, oh, I've been OK. Working towards uh, Oman, Saudi, Egypt, um, uh, Iran, uh, just, you know, all of the regions, I have countries in the region. That,
0: that yeah. is. Actually, I think we might uh, need to do something, uh, you know, to talk about this at some point. The confrontation between the uh, Western way of working and the Eastern <laughs> way of working in uh, computers. Mm. Maybe we would be surprised. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's then, not... Uh, let's,
2: add, let's also add uh, Sub-Saharan Africa to the list because I've done a lot of work towards them. And um, that, that's a completely different story altogether as well.
0: Mm. All right. I'll, I'm taking notes, uh, but that's not what we're doing today. Um, today, we're just doing the regular show. And uh, as you know, some people uh, noticed. I'm sure we weren't on last month. There was a little bit of a scheduling issue and um, we did. Yeah, I be- just say you were lazy. Dude. <laughs> well, that's the scheduling issue. Patrick being lazy <laughs> is always a problem. Or
1: were, uh, or were you too busy playing games?
0: No, you were in Japan. That's what happened. You were off having fun, you know, being eccentric in Japan. That is, you know, and if you're not here, I always have problems doing the show because it's, it, my heart is not in it when you're not here.
1: Uh, dude, it was so much fun. Um,
0: we did, however, do a special uh, earlier this month uh, with Tony, who's a conservative Christian, and we got really positive uh, reactions to the show. I think. Uh, A lot of people were pleasantly surprised at how we uh, conducted that conversation. And uh, thank you so much for all of the uh, kind words that you sent uh, the way of the show. And uh, some people, I'm saying this now and getting it it out of the way, Uh, a number of people said, hey, this was really cool. I think Tony was... uh, uh, very well-spoken and expressed his views in a, a very interesting manner. Uh, but if you want to have a more liberal view of Christianity, I'm available to, um, you know, to come talk to you. And I appreciate it. I think at some point we might do this. Um, but first of all, I think more liberal Christians are very common and it's not as surprising to to talk to these kinds of people, um, you know, outside of the US, we we have more of uh, liberal Christians, for sure. So we're not as uh, uh, interested or curious about those um, modes of thinking. Um, so I really wanted to explore that side of it. And also, I don't want to make every special about religion. That's not the goal. Um, it's always about, you know, interesting different things, but it's not all about religion all the time. So Maybe I'll come back to it at some point, but it's not, I'm not planning on doing this exclusively or, you know, for the next one. So we'll see what happens. And on that note... How about we start with the regularly scheduled show? Uh, We'll talk, as I said, about the US election later, because I think it's interesting to hear the different opinions on on what we think of that from outside without the uh, contaminated, uh, you know, contaminating the sample with an American in the mix. Uh, But also, uh, I'm going to be uh, talking about the French elections. Uh, And I don't know. You know what? I don't think I'm going to start. I think I'm going to let someone else start for, for a change. Um, and it's not going to be Turkey. How about Breki, you tell us about what's been happening in Sweden?
2: Okay, I, I can do that.
0: Um, Are
1: you discriminating against me because I'm an Arab?
0: Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead.
2: Um, th- there are a lot of different stories to talk about. Um, th- there are the, the big, the small, the interesting, the uninteresting, and so on. But I, I picked the one that probably feels closest to home for me personally. Um, as most people know, the- there are two different ways that something can become illegal. Either somebody passes a law saying, as of this moment, this thing is illegal. Or there can be a, a court judgment in a case uh, where the court Term, uh, determines that this thing is illegal. And then that becomes prejudicial. And, you know, from that point on, everybody can just point to that law or that, um, that court case and say, oh, yeah, but they decided in this court case that this is illegal. And this is something that happened in Sweden just about a week ago, where a court, uh, one of the higher courts in the country, uh, in a um, medium sized city, let's just say, uh, decided that. Flying a drone while operating a camera on the drone was illegal because it's surveillance. So, as of that very minute that that court sentence was handed down, flying a camera drone is now illegal in Sweden. In all circumstances. In all circumstances, except law enforcement. Hmm. And there, there are other loopholes, but that's the, that's the one big one. That's, and this is yeah, causing a lot of concern and a lot of irritation because drones is a, a very popular new industry. Uh, Sweden likes to be on the forefront of new technology. I mean, a lot of big technology companies have come from here. A lot of technological innovation has come from here. And we have a lot of people who fly drones for a living, who build drones for a living, who um, you know record things for other people for a living. Uh, there, there are people who you know, who are hired by uh, salespeople to take pictures of a house that's supposed to be sold. There are people who, um, you know, sell their services to movie production studios to film with a drone for the movie and stuff like that. And all of these people are now in limbo. They, They don't really know if they're allowed to do what they do, even if they get the permission of everyone involved. So it's just very, very strange and nobody really knows what's going on. So there is um, the, the first major repercussion of this is uh, tomorrow. There's going to be a demonstration, an illegal <laughs> wow. demonstration, in fact, where people will be flying camera drones in a large public field here in Stockholm. And I honestly don't know how that's going to work if there's more than 100 people flying their drones at the same time, because that's just recipe for disaster. Yeah, but, they're all going
0: going to crash into one another. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to be filming this not from a drone and <laughs> from a slight dif- uh, distance. <laughs>
0: that uh, what was the the case that resulted in that in that uh, judgment though?
2: Um, the the problem was that th- this was a person who was uh, filming with his or her drone, and um, they were doing it in a bad way. Let's just say that they they were annoying people, and they were you know touching on parts of the law that maybe. Most drone flyers would still be, you know, far away from and they, they would. Gen- so was generally it like what, stalking or, or you something know. on those lines? I, I don't okay. know the exact details, but so, uh, yes, it was it was something on those lines.
0: But can't that that uh, uh, court decision be overturned in appeal or, you know, something like that, that would make this not permanent
2: or. It, uh, it could. Yes. Hmm. Um, okay. And uh, it might but at the moment, that doesn't look like where it's going. Um, what it looks like is that the, um, the government will simply just have to sit down at some point and decide what they think about drones, because there's already been a lot of you know problems in this discussion. So if you want to fly drones in Stockholm, even before this, or even now, if you don't have a camera, there is, you know, most of the entire capital is, you know, drone prohibited because it's too close to an airport, it's... close to public parks it's too close to prisons and so on and they're you know discussing whether or not to change this so that if you can at least see your drone and if you're below 50 meters in height then it should be okay unless you're in this these very small specific areas but the, the entire legislation has been extremely slow in catching up with the technology in this case
0: well, the technology has been so fast, I think, that, you know, in three years ago, we were barely talking about drones, a little bit, but it wasn't a, a huge topic. Not everyone could have one. Um, mm-hmm. But it's interesting that this is becoming a, uh, would you say it's like, a, it's become the, the topic of conversation on, on, you know, everyone's lips for through the past uh, little while in Sweden? Or is it just that you're interested in this, so you're, you know, hearing about it, but regular people on the street don't really know?
2: Um, this was taken up in most of the major newspapers and news outlets, and most people are at least aware of it. So if people see me carrying my drone down to a park, they, you know, some people will actually stop and ask, you know, is, is, is that okay? Isn't that illegal? And I have to explain to them, no, no, the, the court case had to do with uh, the camera, not the drone. Right. right. Um, so, you know, pe- people are aware of it, but they might not be fully invested or they might not be fully uh, aware of the, you know, the nuances
0: and i think you know this has been an issue everywhere around the world uh, at least it's been in the us as we know and in france it's been discussed as well uh, this use of drones in general and the the dangers that it can uh, create but i'm i'm curious what the reaction because in the us i think everyone says blah don't don't leave us alone the government shouldn't you know talk about this just, just stop regulating our lives and i'm right. exaggerating here but in France, I think the reaction is the opposite. It's like, all right, just make a law, decide what everyone can do, and we'll be fine. What's the mm-hmm. reaction in Sweden?
2: It's, it's pretty much the same. Um, what people here are looking for is just laws that make sense. Um, so make it okay to fly your drone, as long as you're not invading on anybody's privacy or causing undue risk to other people. Just give us enough space to do this. So, yeah, it makes sense not to fly above 50 meters in downtown areas. It makes sense to not fly in areas where you can injure people If in case there's a crash. It makes sense not to, um, you know, fly in uh, uh, crowded areas, stuff like that. That all makes a lot of sense. But for me, not to be able to go into, you know, my backyard and film my house, that doesn't make sense. Right.
0: You know, it's I think that making sense part is so important because what it creates, and I understand that, you know, making sense means dif- different things to different people. And that's where sure. the problem lies. And, and maybe it's easier to do in a country where you don't have, you know, 250 million people that have to be under more or less the same laws. Um, but what, what those laws create is a sense of certainty you know what you can and cannot do, and this isn't only great for regular people, um, but it's also great for business, because at that point, you know, business and the economy doesn't like it when you're not you're you're worried you're going to have a problem for doing what you're doing uh, because the law is unclear. so I think it's also very important for the law you know that's my French person talking, but it's also very important to have a clear uh, you know, set of rules that tell us what we can or can't do um, because then you can engage in your business and you're right. certain that, yeah.
2: Right. The, I mean, the, the problem isn't, you know, you legalize everything. The, I, I don't think that's what people are, are clamoring for. The, this has more to do with at least tell us what's okay and don't be too restrictive. Right. Because right. What, what they could say is, yeah, drones are fine, but only in this small little area in Sweden. And that would be restrictive, but clear. Um, And that's not what people are looking for. People are wanting, you know, something that is permissive, but still clear. Uh, Mm. Because Sweden has a long history of being liberal. You know, we, we have among the most liberal laws in the world for a lot of things. So it just doesn't make sense that it's so restrictive in a couple of other places. I mean, we have some of the harshest punishments when it comes to drug use. And drone use, and I, I just don't understand the the connection there. They both begin in dr. Is is that the reason? Maybe no.
0: I think that uh, the problem uh, happens when you use
2: drones when you're on drugs.
0: That's the issue. Ah, so yes, yes, that's the
2: connection. Uh, hey oh, Turkey, wait. So- uh, dr, Dragons, I, I'm I'm beginning to see the connection here. <laughs> um, Turkey, what happens? Nobody, with- n- nobody would- listens to Drake here in Sweden either.
0: Uh, that is probably Ever. a good thing. I've listened to a couple of Drake uh, songs. Uh, I think yesterday for the first time. I'm not. I'm not hip with the kids, um, and I didn't really love it so much. Uh, so, no,
2: he's no. mm, not my thing. Um, You're paying drachmas to avoid having to listen to him. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm just will have to out count. PR. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, <laughs> we're going to have to count how many can fit into the show uh, by the end of it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, um, but for now, this topic goes down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so jerky, um, how, how do things go when there is something new um, in Saudi Arabia like you know drones um, and how does the legislation happen on those things uh, I'm, I'm very curious because I have absolutely no idea
1: uh, let's see well basically usually uh, things come in uh, And then they become popular. And as soon as they become popular, a ban comes up that bans it completely. (laughs) And then people insist on using it. So a year or two later, regulations will come out that just controls it. So in the case
0: of drones, are there drones in Saudi Arabia currently? Uh,
1: There are drones. There aren't many of them. And uh, they are right now officially regulated. So,
0: Oh, so when you've already in, gone through the process of banning them completely and then regulating them.
1: Yes, we've gone through that because uh, drones has been around for years now. And uh, um, in Saudi, there's a lot of people who are up to date on what's going on and they love going online and shopping. So we usually get a lot of technology early here, but the government takes its time to Figure it out. So Uh, I think I think the the best example to this is when we had cell phones, when the first cell phone came in Saudi with a camera on it. That was popular for a few months, then a complete 100 percent ban on camera phones was issued. in Saudi and then two years later, everybody owns a camera phone. The ban (laughs) just disappeared. Well, did it, did it actually get repealed or did
0: people think, all right, whatever, use your phone? Well, the,
1: the thing is, is, we don't have law systems like other countries. So most of the banning or things like that would come, for example, the Ministry of Interior would just issue a ban on something. And it's not officially 100% law. It's just a ban from the Ministry of Interior. And most of the time it's just after a year or two, people keep on doing something and the ban just disappears. It's officially still on paper, but nobody even knows it exists anymore. Right. So it does right. So it's not repealed. It's just that no one cares. It's not repealed, but it's kind of because even the government doesn't care anymore. They just don't issue anything saying no we repel this. Because it's not officially
2: Law. Just out, out of curiosity, what does this mean in practice? I mean, does this mean that they can still point to the law in case, I don't know, in case they don't like someone and say, ah, but you're breaking this law that everybody else is breaking?
1: Uh, n- if it's law, yes. But these okay. are bans. These are not exactly laws. Laws usually ah, have okay. to come through the um, Shura Council, our, our parliament, then it goes to the royal court and it reviewed by the uh, cabinet of ministers and then a royal decree is issued mm-hmm. to make it law so they can't uh go to some I, I mean i'm sure they
0: can find many reasons to to cause trouble to someone that they uh, want to cause trouble to but they can't use this for example you know you're u- using a cell phone with cameras so and in to you know 1998, we issued a ban for those. Um, so you have to to be, you know, to have these and these penalties.
1: Mm, they they can't the because... No, they can't use it for the simple reason is the government is allowing these to come into the country and being sold. So they can't ah, use okay. a ban that, where the government's actually promoting these cameras, okay. accepting them. Like, for example, we also have a ban. I'm sure it still exists, but no... Nobody follows. Satellite TV is not allowed in Saudi. <laughs> that However, makes me laugh right because now, I'm pretty sure everyone has satellite TV. We have companies, cable companies in Saudi who sell satellite TV officially under the supervision of the government now. Okay. So those bans, are, are, are
0: some of those bans still in effect? You know, some that are more than a few years old and, and they are still in effect and, and regarded as important?
1: uh it depends on the type of ban uh, for example and, and it really comes to the population support for it uh i think one of the bans we have is in saudi to go to a government agency if you are a saudi citizen the ban the law says it's not exactly a law It's a. Uh, uh, the ministry of interior has announced that you have to come dressed uh, in saudi traditional clothes otherwise nobody will serve you okay so some of so, them do... Yeah, that, um, that exists because most of the majority of people support it.
0: Okay, I see. So yeah. in a way, I mean, as you're saying, those are not laws. They're just uh, specific bans and they it, don't it go through the, the process.
1: Yeah, it comes down to your interpretation. What is law and what isn't law? And from what mm. little I know about law and, and things like that, these are not actual laws. Right. Right. But they do they do get uh, applied according to
0: basically uh, popular uh, opinion, kind of.
1: Yes, it's mostly popular opinion that mm -hmm, whether they are enforced or not, that controls whether and their enforcement. Okay. Um,
0: There's before we move on to Turkey's story, um, I wanted to talk about the uh, Bob Dylan getting the Nobel Prize for Literature, which Mm. Uh, he
1: finally accepted. Yeah,
0: he just did. Uh, but I think, you know, he was always going to accept it. He's not going to... It's very rare that someone doesn't accept it, but... Well, uh,
1: apparently one of you French guys yeah,
0: refused it. I know, I know. Um But yeah, so that caused a little bit of a stir in both in France and in Finland, because and I'm sure in many other places, because a lot lot of people were saying, ah, this isn't literature and, you know, this is not written word on paper and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, some people were saying, actually, he's a he's a poet. And what difference does it make if he... Writes his words in a book, or if he he sings them with a you know with a guitar, he's still a poet, and that right. might open the door to other you know singer songwriters to to get the Nobel Prize for Literature, which is you know mm-hmm. I understand it's kind of weird, but overall I think people were mostly happy. It was only a few disgruntled, uh, you know, writers or uh, literature critics that were saying, basically, old men yelling at kids on their lawn, I think. I think they were just jealous they didn't win the prize themselves. Possibly. Um, A lot of that's going on. So, yeah, I was curious. I was very curious to hear how it's going on in in, uh, how it's doing in in Sweden and, and in Saudi Arabia, if that even registers on the on the radar.
2: Here in Sweden, um, it's been more or less a non-issue. I, I think most people looked at this and uh, simply just shrugged and went, oh, that's an interesting pick. Oh, okay, sure. Hmm. Um, I, I suppose that when, um, when people uh, in the know, you know, people with a lot of knowledge and culture and p- the kind of people who discuss this type of thing publicly, uh, when they were guessing who would win this year, I don't think Bob Dylan was on anybody's list. Um, But when the announcement came from the Academy, I I think a lot of those people said, you know, it's um, it's a very strange pick, but it's not a bad one. And um, the motivation, which is um, for having created new poetic expressions within the great American song tradition, is a good motivation. And um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still a little bit surprised, but I'm not upset
0: Right, I think a lot of people were saying, "Oh, this is a publicity stunt, and it's the uh, Nobel Commission trying to make themselves seem, you know, to to be interesting or something like that." But overall, right. I think it's subsided quite a bit in yeah, uh, in here yeah. as well.
2: Yeah, um, the, the Swedish uh, The Swedish part of the Academy, which gives everything except the Peace Prize, which is given in uh, Norway, um, the Swedish Academy has been very. Um, well, you know, they've not been very controversial. Let's just put it that way. Everybody who gets a Nobel Prize from the Swedish Academy is just very, um, you know, it makes sense that that's why they got them. The peace prize has been different. Um, I'm thinking Henry Kissinger, Barack Obama, um, Arafat Rabin-Perez, you know. And the peace prize has been a little bit more controversial. Um, I think this might actually be one of the first times that the Swedish Academy Gets um, you know this <laughs> make controversial, make
0: some waves. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, they they've had very level-headed picks up until now. Yeah.
0: It's funny. I I've been uh, immersed in Swedish culture j- just a little bit more since uh, I've been hanging out with my wife uh, over the past seven years, and it's funny how uh, consensual everything has to be in Sweden, and mm-hmm. uh, everyone has to be nice, and everything's you know, it it's almost a little bit freaky when I watch. Um, the, the different events on TV, one of them being the Nobel, uh, uh, dinner, which by the way, some people make fun of me for watching the Nobel dinner. It's like, haha, why would you watch this? I, I think I mentioned it before on the show, but if I didn't, I'm going to, again, the Nobel dinner is basically an award ceremony for intelligence. It is mm-hmm. amazing. And I don't understand why I didn't watch it before and why more people don't watch it now. It's like, you know, the, the Academy Awards or the Emmys or but for who is clever in our uh, world.
1: It's right. an Well, amazing, I don't watch any of that stuff, period.
0: Well, I would agree with you for the others, but I think for the Nobel Prize uh, dinner, you should. It's... It's... And it's not snooty. It's not about you know. Ooh, we we. Well, actually, it kind of is. It's kind of. (laughs) The thing is, I do think it's good to celebrate intelligent people and and cleverness and you know. And that's okay. I was gonna go on a rant, and that's not the topic of. Today's discussions, <laughs> um, but did did Bob Dylan get some uh, airtime in Saudi Arabia? Does does that even register when something the the mm. Nobel Prize for Literature is announced?
1: No, I think unless it was an Arab who won it, it's the same reaction that uh, they had in the rest of the world. Mostly, uh, I think it was the Peace Prize that was the biggest deal for us here in uh, Saudi.
0: But right, but no, I mean for for the literature, the prize for literature. Do people... No, I'm talking
1: this year. This year, the literature mm. didn't matter.
0: Okay. Does it use usually...
1: uh, it? But if an Arab wins it, yeah.
0: Yeah, of course. If but it, if it's someone else?
1: If someone else, nobody really cares that much. Mm. Uh, maybe some people do, but in general, no. Uh, this year, we were more interested uh, in, the, in the Arab world in general, I think, not only Saudi, it was with the Peace Prize. A lot of people were extremely disappointed.
2: Who are you uh, expecting to win? Or
1: Everybody hoping? was was hoping for the white hats in Syria.
2: Mm, of course.
1: Yeah, so course. it was a huge disappointment for a lot of people that they did not win the prize. So, I think that's the for Nobel Prize—that's the one they really cared about. Literature. Some people thought, "Wow, interesting—a guy who writes music won." But that's it. That's that's the only reaction they had.
0: But there was a reaction. It wasn't it wasn't, you know, no one talked about it, yeah, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. there was there was a reaction. It's just, oh, okay, interesting. Mm. Uh, well, let's move on.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 hoping that the white helmets get their um, you know, get their appreciation somehow. But giving the peace prize to Juan Manuel Santos uh, makes a lot of sense, you know. He, he's done a lot of great work over a long period of time. Whereas the white helmets um, are, you know, still doing think, a lot of work right now, and
1: he and he is still doing a lot of work. Also, I don't, I True. think it was uh, too early to give it to him until that was signed. He should, it should they should have waited at least, mm. and, and then give him credit for trying after it, whether it fails or it's signed. But before anything
2: happens, I think it was too early to give him. Back. Yeah, yeah, that make that makes sense.
0: Um, all right, let's move on uh, or stay on Saudi Arabia with your local stories for today, Turkey.
1: All right, so there's been a lot of stuff happening in Saudi. Um, let's see, I think the biggest news in Saudi has been recently that the government has initiated the uh, cuts for uh, salaries in Saudi for government employees. Uh, basically, what's happening in Saudi, it's... Uh, A lot of government employees get benefits all of these benefits that they get which is basically they've survived on as part of their salaries their their basic salaries for like since they got their jobs and when and they decide the government decided as an effort to uh, reorganize everything and save money and stuff like that that these benefits, almost most of them have been declared uh, cancelled. Uh, the, the problem with this is that it actually resulted in pe- some people actually losing up to 40% of their salaries.
2: How, how big is the public sector in Saudi? I mean, here in Sweden, uh, we have an extremely large government. Um, yeah, and a lot of people yeah. say too large.
1: Here it is. uh, Saudis have been relying on working. It's like, uh, I think, the closest thing I can compare to is uh, Greece. People Mm, here rely on government jobs, the majority. Very few Saudis go into the private sector, Uh, although they're increasing now, but the majority almost are all in the government sector. And and some of these uh, uh, benefits are so ridiculous, they shouldn't have existed anyway. So in a way... I, I, I agree with the government. They should cancel these benefits. The problem is the way they did it really angered a lot of people. It just was issued suddenly out of the blue. They announced all these benefits are canceled immediately. So wow. the next salary, they are removing those benefits. And that's where you end up with people losing forty up to 40% of their salaries. But some of these benefits are so stupid that there's... Can you believe there's actually, if you are... Uh, a treasury person who handles treasury in a department, they give you a a benefit of uh, honesty benefit. (laughs) So you don't steal the money.
0: So you get extra benefits because you're being honest.
1: Yeah. And that's ridiculous. That's your job. Why would you get a benefit for doing your job? Uh, Wasn't it?
0: Didn't it make sense maybe a few, uh, you know, a few decades ago when it was, you know, there are, there are some policies like this which might seem a little bit counterintuitive, but in some contexts, make sense. Like, I, I the the example that comes to mind is in France when you get unemployment benefits. Um, sometimes when you find a job you might end up if you lose the entirety of the un- unemployment benefits then you might end up making less money than you would uh if you kept the the un- if you didn't take the job right so mm-hmm. yeah. so there are mechanisms in place so that you keep part of your unemployment benefits as you're working for a certain amount of time um so that it's it's it, it's an incentive to actually get off the unemployment system and i can imagine that it, it, you know it's I can see how people would think, well, if you if you get a job, then you shouldn't be still paid by uh the, the government and in in effect by the other people working to get more money, you have a job now. That makes sense, but at the same time the negative effect also is real. So I can see how maybe, you know, 40 years ago, um I, I maybe it's not the case, but I can imagine how in in a uh Part of the world where bribery is common, and I don't know if that was the case in Saudi Arabia, but certainly in some other um, Middle Eastern or Northern African country, it is common. Um, Then, Or, you know, even in the uh, Eastern Bloc or things like that.
1: Yeah.
0: It could make sense to say, all right, you know what, we know you could have the opportunity to skim a little bit on the side but we're going to give you a little bit more money so that you specifically don't. And you agree to do this specifically. And now okay, in today's then, world... Then yeah. then increase their
1: salaries. Don't make it right. a benefit.
2: Right. There's a lovely quote yeah. in the, the TV series Mad Men. Uh, and the, the quote is, that's what the money's for. Um, you know, yeah. that, that's what you're getting money for, Ichi. Yeah. Um, increase their discuss- salaries.
1: If you, th- if you think the salary is too little that they might steal, increase it. Don't give them right. something called a benefit on the side. Right. That's but, what the money's for. But that's, you know, it, psychologically, it's different.
0: I do think that there is an effect when that when you I mean, I don't I don't know. This is just my gut reaction. When you get the, uh, you know, a specific amount of money for not stealing, then maybe it makes you less prone better, to stealing. Better. than if
1: Let's, you're OK, OK. Forget that. I'll give you another example of okay. a benefit. A typist benefit. A You're a typist, and they're, give, yeah, and they're giving you extra money, a benefit for, doing, for typing. You mean on a, your job, on a computer? On a computer, it's as old as when they use the typewriters, but yeah, until today. They also have computer benefit, computer use benefit.
0: <laughs> well, okay. So again, I'm, I'm trying really hard to, to be the devil's advocate here, but at a time <laughs> when not everyone, everybody could type... Maybe it, was, it made sense to give you a little bit more money if you could. And it would incentivize increase, people I, to learn. And I
1: keep on saying the same thing. Increase the salary.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Well, increase yeah. the salary. Make it. And, and, and we're talking about benefits that people have relied on. For example, th- and, and this is the biggest problem people are going to face right now. Let's say you are a government employee. Let's say you earn, let's go to the highest ones. Because they are the ones who are going to really be hit. Let's say you're earning 50,000 a year, right? A month right now. 50,000 reals a month. So, how, how right? much
0: is that in, in money uh, us people can understand?
1: Uh, in U.S. dollars, That are that's around $15,000 a month. That is significant. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Let's say I'm, I'm taking some of the higher, the very high earning people. Okay. And then you go and you take out a loan. From the bank. All right. And now, and you're taking a huge loan because you decided to buy a house and they are now deducting 50% of your salary every month to pay for the house. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And then suddenly the government comes in and says, OK, we're canceling your benefits. Suddenly he loses 40% of his salary.
0: That. Yeah, of course. I mean, I understand. This is, at the very least, very clumsily done. Um, so what's the reaction of, of the people who are affected?
1: Well, most people are pissed. that the, There's an increase of numbers who, of people who are turning into early retirement, applying for early retirement right now. So, huge increase. Maybe that's, the...
0: Maybe that's what they were going for um you know getting people uh, off the, the government but
1: you know there are there are a couple well, of questions there's one problem there's one problem with that thing the government just keeps on telling people that the retirement fund is in desperate need of finance because it's going broke because it's really low on money so how is it going to pay all of these people when they go right. into early retirement so right
0: that is definitely an issue um how do I? I mean, if something like that happened in France, first of all, it wouldn't happen in France. That that wouldn't be possible from you know one day to the next. These kinds of I these kinds of cuts I wouldn't think, be possible. I think
1: you 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 people would start a revolution in five seconds.
0: Well, yeah, I think really honestly, I think that's what would happen. People would be down in the streets with maybe not pitchforks, but it would be it would block the country. Is that something that those government workers? Could do, like actually, you know, go on strike, do demonstrations, or is that just, it's not possible in Saudi Arabia? Completely illegal. 100% illegal. So they can't do anything?
1: Nope, nothing.
0: Okay, so, right, what are, so people are just going into early retirement and... Yes. That's it.
1: And I hope to God this does not increase corruption.
2: Yeah, because that's always the risk. You know, yes. it's it's very easy to give more money, but as soon as you start taking away money, people will start looking for a way to get that money back somehow that's, else.
1: Yeah. So that's the big, I, That's for me personally. I think that's going to be the biggest problem the government's going to face. I honestly believe corruption is going to increase a lot in this country.
2: So, how about things like emigration? Have, have people started talking about uh, leaving the country and uh, maybe you know, uh, seeking their very, trade elsewhere?
1: So There are Saudis who would uh, think of that, but uh, considering to the majority of the population, most won't, because yeah. it's cultural. They, they can't uh, immigrate. They, they have difficulties of moving outside the country. We are very family-oriented, very tribe-oriented, very connected uh, society. Yeah. So immigration is not really an option for the
2: majority. But yeah, definitely there are a few who are considering that if they haven't considered it before. And and where would they be going in that case? Because, you know, you can't go very far north because there aren't very many good opportunities in that area. So well, is it well, Arab Emirates, of, um, Oman?
1: Uh,
2: Arab Emirates, no. Nobody goes to
1: those countries. Uh, Oman, so definitely nobody goes there. There's no okay. opportunities there.
2: No, I suppose not.
1: Yeah, Oman is uh, very poor. It's the poor one of the poorest uh, Gulf nations. Mm-hmm. And it struggles with some population. United Arab Emirates, the only people who would go there are business people just Arab, for business. Yes. So they might go establish their businesses there and thing, but not for very few would go there for jobs. Uh, most of the people who would consider immigrating are highly educated people, PhDs, doctors, engineers, so on. And they usually look at the UK and the US mm. or Canada. So, those are the countries they usually target when they look into immigration, maybe Australia also So, so you have those few how how many
0: how what percentage of the population do the government workers represent
1: well uh, there was a statistics I just don't remember, but if i would th- if if I would guess and I don't have statistics in front of me, definitely at least. 70 to 80% of this, the Saudi national national workforce the locals 70 to are, 80% if i'm going to guess yes wow or, how the can it okay
0: that is so do you think they're going to they're going to cave and increase the base salary to an extent to comp- compensate for the for the loss in revenue and or or do you the, think that's just not going to happen once it's decided I mean, that's how it is and
1: yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, they might. I heard that it's been said that some of the benefits might come back. They just need to reorganize it and monitor it better and stuff like that. So I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. I don't work for the government. So, yeah, of course. <laughs> my knowledge is uh, limited on that. But, no, of uh, course.
0: But I mean, you know, with the. The history of what, how the government and and these things work. Uh, well, you might, you might let
1: let, let the, the oil go up to hundred dollars barrel, and we'll see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know that's that's pretty amazing. Seventy to eighty percent, or you know, more than half of the, the population is employed by the government, and they just cut everyone's salaries by you know thirty to forty percent. That's... Well, it's
1: the majority, not everyone. So a lot of there's people who ne- didn't get benefits, so their salary okay. has not been affected. So, but the majority yes, a, mm-hmm. a big majority of people. Uh, for example, I think some of the people who really got uh, huge cuts were uh, professors, teachers at universities, not in big cities, but who work in universities outside of the big cities. They got twenty percent. Of their salary, an extra twenty percent, called working in a in a new university, hmm. a newly established university, to encourage people to go and work in those outside the big cities universities. So right. those, they lost that benefit, and that was twenty percent. But that's that's such a drastic
0: change and comes out of the blue. It's very, you know, it is very surprising.
1: It's it it's, wouldn't... it is very aggressive. I really don't know why. They're doing stuff like this. But let's say I think they're taking advice from a, some. I'm not talking about the entire country, but these specific people, stupid Americans. <laughs> well, Americans wouldn't do that th- that
2: way. Uh, they're taking advice from McKinsey. Yeah, I think the the um, yeah. the American yeah. financial idea would be yeah. this is where you want to be. But maybe yeah. the method would have been different instead of just cut everything at the same time. Then so know, de- decrease it gradually over the next 12 years, maybe.
1: Yeah, they're, they're using an advisory firm that's McKinsey. It's an international firm, very well known. And it's the ones that are giving advice to the government. And most likely that's one of the advices they gave. So, I,
0: Honestly, <laughs> I can't imagine that any serious firm would say cut everyone's salary by 30% from one day to the next without notice. I can't I'm imagine sure they, that
1: I, I, I'm, I'm sure they didn't even look at the numbers. They just said, cut the benefits. I'm yeah. sure they didn't even look at the benefit. They said, you shouldn't be giving your employees benefits. This is their job. I don't think they even looked at the numbers. But even. Yeah, even- I'm,
2: I'm actually looking at the numbers right now. Um, salaries and allowances accounted for 45% of government spending in 2015, uh, yeah, which and they gave say- a budget deficit of almost 100 billion US dollars.
1: And they saved, by cutting these benefits, they decreased it by 20, 30%. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, I can't, uh, The numbers again, that I'm
2: finding here is that about two-thirds of working Saudis are employed in the public sector. So it's yeah. at least 66%.
0: So, again, yeah. I don't think anyone who's, who has half a brain can look at this, look at those three or four numbers, and decide, yeah, the right way to do it is to just do it from one day to the next entirely without, you know notice. That,
1: that Patrick, you said it. You said it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> you said it.
0: All right. Anything else <laughs> happened in, in, in Saudi? Or uh, should we move
1: on? I think the other, the other news is there's been uh, some uh, a boycott of uh, the telecommunication company, STC, Saudi Telecommunications Company. Oh, I think I've heard about this. Yeah, there's a, a boycott happening where people are turning off Uh, Their phones are stopping using the internet for three hours every day. And basically, they're pissed at uh, some regulations, some updates they've been doing. For example, they've canceled unlimited internet on your phone. That was always an option that was completely canceled. No more unlimited internet. Uh, The rates for internet access is higher than almost all the other countries. Uh, the other problem is they've well, blocked. That's because all the government these... workers used to have
0: the uh, access the internet benefit. And,
1: you know. <laughs> so that and they blocked a lot of communication uh, apps uh, like Skype, uh, Vibe, uh, Hello, whatever, do. And all of these things have been blocked. They don't want anybody to use a vo- Voice over IP, VoIP. To call, just call using our services so we can get the money. So people are really pissed, and uh, I think I'm surprised, but I think that's actually hurting the company right now because oh, they the are. It is, which is surprising because and but they are losing some money, and they've been trying to uh, do it, uh, fix things, and trying to get people back. But they're not; it's not working because they're not actually responding to the criticism. They're just making out offers. They're not opening up VoIP. They're not uh, uh, pro- providing good internet. Our internet access is oversaturated. Uh, I'm talking about uh, the wireless. Infrastructure. Internet. Oh, okay. Yeah, the infrastructure for wireless. Because I have fiber here at home on landline fiber optics. That works fine. I have no problem with it. However, it's oversaturated wirelessly that 4G, 4G. I personally, I use a different company. It's called Zain, which is all three companies in Saudi have the same problems. But STC is the biggest one, so it's the most, the one attacked the attacked the most. And for example, I never get on average more than two megabytes per second anytime when I use it on 4G.
0: Mm. But can't, can't people so, go to another company then that does
2: offer...
1: We only have three, three companies. They're and all the doing three the same do have the same policies.
2: Uh, all the no, same thing. No, uh, not, not really. Uh, I, I, I work in telecom, so I've, I've had a lot of um, <laughs> discussions regarding not just specifically this matter, but this and several others. Um, STC has stopped selling unlimited data packages, but Mobile and Zane uh, are still selling them, at least last I heard. No, they stopped also after STC. Oh, really? They they've stopped also. Okay.
1: Yeah, and and the, and the biggest problem is they claim, and and that's what pisses people more, is that the local telecommunications authority mm-hmm. has told them to stop selling unlimited.
2: Yeah, th- there is. Um, there's going to be, um, and I, I don't know if this is inside information or not, uh, but but there is a. Um, uh, a big shakeup coming when it comes to uh, the telecoms industry in Saudi, because the, the Capital Markets Authority has, um, I think this is public at least, that they've announced plans to offer telco operators uh, unified licenses, which allows them to offer the full range of telecom services. Because oh, yeah, at yeah, the yeah, moment, yeah. operators have to apply for separate licenses per service, like one license for mobile, one license for fixed line, one license yeah, for voice. Yeah, that's, so that's
1: public, that's public. That was announced Okay, yeah, but but also, I don't they think they that's going to
0: help. I don't think that's going to help with the, it, it seems like, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like what the problem is, is that there's a limited amount of competition
1: um, in, in and the No, it's not and the so competition. The, the real problem is the
2: telecommunications authority. Mm. They yeah, are the I ones who, sure. who are killing competition. Maybe there right. needs to be a base station benefit. So for every new base station you put up, you get an extra 10% of your money that month. You know, I don't know. It's
1: just uh, it's really becoming really ridiculous here. The quality of the service is really going down. Uh, I really don't know what's going on. And and, and you have an authority, a telecommunication authority, that's supposed to promote and fix things and be with the... Uh, citizens and make sure they get the best type of service and they are the ones who are ruining the services.
0: So how how possible is it that this is about censorship and that they don't want people to be able to communicate? Uh, I mean, did they does that affect apps like Telegram that are uh, heavily encrypted or WhatsApp, which is now encrypted uh, as well? Or
1: WhatsApp works fine for the moment. Except the voice doesn't work in Saudi, the voice service. Right, it's
0: really targeted, it's really a business decision yeah. then. It's about voice yeah. and want them wanting yeah. you to use the... It's, uh,
1: it's, I would say it's 70% business and it's 30% censorship. Hmm. So it's, you know, it's mostly about business.
2: Yeah, a lot of countries uh, went through exactly this problem uh, but five to ten years ago. Uh, I remember here in Sweden, the, the ISPs... Some of them are just ISPs. Some of them are phone companies that are also ISPs. And the, yeah. the phone companies who are also ISPs, they didn't want to um, you know, start cannibalizing their own services. So if they sell a voice service, they don't want people to use their ISP service to, to do voice. They want to be able to sell both services. So for a long time, there was a lot of discussion uh, whether to allow VoIP or not. Yeah, uh, but then that was... you know, eventually people realized that you know, we, we can't stand in the way of progress. Companies will yeah. have to just adapt. That was now, that was the case here as well, and the
0: the SMS issue was huge as well because mm, SMS were unlimited right. for the longest time, and now they are. But sorry, Turkey. Right. Yeah, to
1: give you to give you an example of a business decision, which is purely business. There's no way this has to do anything other than business. Uh, we have uh, right now one of the uh, mobile companies is called Zane and it only provides mobile service uh, phones. So I'm, I'm I use Zain as my provider for my phone and they fly, they are the first firm here to launch uh Wi-Fi calls on their iPhone, on the iPhone. So what's what's happening is it worked fine when they launched it now it does not work at all if I connect to STC or mobile networks. Mm. They are blocking it. Wow. Which it, it right. worked. It was perfect for me when they launched it because I have horrible cell service here in my home. My phone doesn't work six, 60, 70% of the time inside the house. And this is for all three providers. So it's not only Zane. And when they started Wi Fi calls, my phone starts working because it just goes online, it connects me to this uh, network, and I'm happy. Mm. Suddenly they blocked it. That's... I use STC for my landline, and they blocked it. You know, and as I, I, soon as, as soon as I leave the country, Wi-Fi call works. <laughs> it, yeah. it was the same with uh,
0: with Skype. Actually, there were a couple of points I can't remember. I don't know if you're using VPN now, but a couple of I times I am using you had, VPN. Right, so the the quality of the communication was significantly worse if you weren't yeah. using VPN, which is ironic. Uh, maybe it's still the the case here. Um, yeah.
1: All right. Um, no, it's just ridiculous. So yeah. I just thought that that was an interesting thing going on.
0: Yeah, and it's the the even more interesting thing I think is that the fact that it, there is a mobilization of people using those services to actually not use them for three hours a day, which can affect the company's bottom line. Um, if it's if it's you know people get into the habit of not using it from this time to that time. It's, it's just going to, it can have an actual effect. And it's interesting that people are mobilizing like this um, and it could work. You know, work.
1: It, but, um. you know well, this is how Saudis uh, go now and protest. This is their system, which is they boycott. This boycotting is the way they do it. Uh, the problem with boycotting, there's one major problem, is the traditional media. Traditional media relies 100 percent they survive on advertisements. They never ever cover these boycotts in a good way. For example, the boycott against SDC. One of the traditional media newspaper, a local newspaper, wrote an article about it, and the article was analyzing all the hashtag for uh, this boycott, and they said, "Oh." About 60% of all of these are coming from outside the country, and majority mm. of them are coming from Iran. And this is an, a move by Iran to destroy the reputation of the country, of Saudi <laughs> Arabia. But you know, the thing is, it, that
0: I understand that that happens, but it almost in this context doesn't really matter. Um, what no. matters is that people can, you know, it, I guess it's coordinated on on Facebook and Twitter, and as long as those yeah. services aren't aren't, uh, you know, Facebook and Twitter and maybe WhatsApp
1: and those. Uh, no, vib- but that, that 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 does matter because not every person. W- there are people would, that would believe this because we do have a problem that there's a lot of problems between Saudis and Iranians. So. Some people might actually believe that, and and even though they were boycotting, they would stop. Oh no, this is helping the enemy. Oh really? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you, it's really a very a huge problem, and and that's the biggest problem. A lot of media in Saudi is sold. Sometimes you hear about a boycott; it's never written about in the newspapers. They right. never even mention. Think- it. They completely ignore it. Mm.
0: I think this is getting on, on uh, at a point where maybe we should move on, lest you get really angry and uh, <laughs> you know start saying things that might get you in trouble. Into trouble. So, uh,
2: just one last note here. I, I found a note here in the uh, Saudi Gazette that um, even though telcos have remained silent on the boycott, um, some economists have spoken about it, saying that. Um, Telcos are at risk of losing about 50 million uh, real if uh, the boycott were to continue for more than a month. So it's, it's got to be affecting their bottom line. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, something starts happening at least. Yeah. And I don't know what that something would mean. Mm. Because if this is a financial decision, 50 million real is, uh, well, that's financial.
1: Yeah, exactly. Plus, people find, uh, just like me, people find ways around it. VPN. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Let's start talking about France a little bit. And um, the election, which is happening, uh, we are in the process of the um, primaries right now, which is a new thing for us. Uh, Some countries have been doing it for a long time. For us, it's the the first real primary where we actually have primary debates and things like that. And it's a Very weird situation, because on the right, we have a former President Sarkozy, um, who's squaring off against a um, a former, I mean, a government official. Now he's not in the government, but he has, basically, it's a race between two people on the right. Sarkozy, who's taken a a significant turn to the right of his uh, party, and uh, Juppé, uh, who is who used to be in the government, and at some point, I think it was in the early 2000s, um, he got a a, a, a court decision that deemed him guilty of some, you know, political... Basically, there were in his uh, uh, administration jobs that didn't exist that were used to do things that were illegal. Um, you know, the, the money was being used for other things, basically. And he had... So basically to politics. And, I'm sorry? What? I said but basically teachers. politics. Yeah, basically yeah. politics. But he was condemned. It's not like there was suspicion. He was actually condemned, had to stop exercising and went to teach in Canada for a couple of years. So it wasn't, you know, it's not like he stole an election or he killed someone. But he was condemned and he, he so had to...
2: So
1: you dump your political uh, criminals on Canada? <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> he, again, I think there's there's a, a, there's no doubt that he was he he you know, he was he was responsible, deemed responsible for this illegal thing. Um but it's the kind of thing where you might argue, well, I've paid my debt to society, I've learned from my mistakes and you know, it's not if If you're prone to accepting these kinds of things, it's not the kind of thing that will forever put you in the black box where I will well, never look at accept look anything. at
1: the bright side, maybe the Canadians fixed him for you.
0: But, right. yeah, that's possible. um I doubt it though. But um and, and so that's the clear choices we have on the on the right side. We have a number of other choices that are not reasonably, um, you know, going to to get the primaries' nomination. Some of them are very much to the right of the right. Some of them are to the left of the right, and they're really at the center. Um, again, if you look at France, the center probably still means the left. Um, but yeah, so there there are some of them that are. It's it's a very wide gamut of um, the right
2: side of the political spectrum. And then we when have, you're saying the right, do you do you mean uh, multiple parties or is this just uh, the Republicans? That um, it's mostly the Republicans,
0: but it also includes uh, the voters are uh, from the center as well. They're invited oh, okay. to decide. You know. Um, so it's really, uh, it's a big political family that encompasses a, a large, uh, different, there are many different ideas. And some of them, uh, you know, some of the uh, people that are uh, uh, that are in the race are very seriously close to the far right, like to the Marine Le Pen, Front National um, type of ideas, which... Right. Again, they are far right and un- unquestionably. But if you look at some of the views being expressed in other uh, countries where you have those uh, extreme right uh, right wing parties, they're a lot more tame. the The way <laughs> the far right expresses itself in in France and I think in in some of those countries is a lot of nationalism in the sense we don't want Europe, we don't want immigration, these kinds of things. It's not the kind of crazy neo-Nazi uh, things that we can see in some other countries and that makes everyone's head explode. Um, right. it's, it, it, is, it definitely has racist undertones, anti-immigration, anti-foreigner, so I don't want to minimize that, but it's, it still remains in the um, somewhat acceptable uh, uh, political discourse, even if you w- wouldn't want those people at your dinner table. I don't know if
2: it's, you know, the distinction is clear, but... Um, I mean, you, you guys have your uh, Front National, you have uh, Débou la France, um, yeah. you know, Euroskeptic, uh, French nationalism, um, populism, stuff like that. That's, exactly, so that, yeah. that's still going on.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. And that's, you know, that's probably best uh, exemplified by the Front National. But um, yeah. So anyway, that that and they command a a significant part of the uh, electorate. So it's not to be discounted. But on the left side, we have current president, François Hollande, who is (laughs) we're not sure he's even going to run in the primaries at this point. And uh, he is probably the most unpopular president in the history Of the Republic, he is. The problem was the way I look at it, and this is a little bit of personal bias here, maybe. But the way I look at it is that he was elected um, back in 2012 on a platform that was for for the French left reasonable, but I think for anyone else, completely, uh, completely unfeasible. And I, we discussed things uh, on our social media. Uh, I mean, I discussed it specifically saying that this is this was unapplicable. It, it was uh, a lot of big promises that couldn't happen. And so when he actually got into power, he made a significant turn to the social democracy that we see in mm-hmm. other European countries. That is... Uh, uh, You know, from the eyes of the um, Socialist Party in France, again, socialism is not communism. There is a a big difference. Are you sure? Yes, I am. (laughs) And a lot of people don't understand this and it
2: makes me crazy. But um, Socialism and and communism are cousins. So they're definitely related, but they're not exactly the same thing.
0: And the, the brand of socialism that we have in France is more akin to social democracy than Mm -hmm. pure socialism as you understand it as a doctrine so um
1: i i I need a second opinion on this you're biased (laughs) on this so you know i
2: I might not be the right person to give an opinion because i live in sweden where social democracy has been you know the ruling party for i think about 80 percent of the past hundred years
0: And that's what we're looking at when the the left uh, side of the, you know, of the political spectrum in France is trying to actually govern. We're looking at social democracy in the Nordic countries a little bit, maybe uh, in in Germany and, you know, these kinds of uh, applications of it. But for a lot of the left wing base that voted Hollande in power, that is too much to the right? and that makes me a little bit crazy because it is a little bit crazy honestly but um it's it, it he was heavily criticized by the center and right uh, portion of the political spectrum for for just being a, repre- a representative of the left so he can't do good anyway and he's a hack and from the right, from the left as well, because he basically sold out to uh, liberalism and the great capital. And he started applying the policies of social democracy, which are too much to the right. So basically, he has mm-hmm. no support from anyone. And he's being taken between the right side of his party, which is very much to the center and that some people say are trying to play uh, on people's fear and are becoming populist uh, to get the election. And the left side, which is at that point, you know, much more communist leading in a, in a manner that we hadn't seen since the wall had fallen. And the, the, the we're in a situation where The left is leaderless, and we don't know if Hollande is going to try for the primaries. And even if he does, it's unlikely that he would be elected. Uh, And it's unlikely that anyone from the left is going to win the the actual election. And on the right side, we have uh, Sarkozy, who is... I I understand why people don't like him, but he's demonized to a level where, you know, he's uh, basically... The 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 devil incarnate come to France to uh, destroy the country, and yeah, a lot of Chippe that is very exaggerated. Is what? Sorry,
2: very exaggerated.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly agree, and it was the case. And I mean, I disagree with him now. Um, but anyway, that that would be a topic for another time. But um, a lot of that is was emphasized at the end of his uh, previous of, of his uh, um, uh, presidency, where. He, he was conservative, for sure. But yeah, anyway, that's a different topic. So we don't really know. I think, ultimately, the right is going to, to win. Probably Juppé, that's how it's looking now. And, um, but no one is really happy about any of the candidates. Uh, Juppé does seem, I've, I've seen the, the primary debate, the first one. And there is definitely a feeling that it's a bunch of children, and there is one person that seems like an adult in the conversation, and it's Juppé. I mean that—that that was my feeling. Um, so, Isn't that
1: in every political debate?
0: Um, no, I don't think so. Honestly, it hasn't been that bad in in when I was younger. I think even in the previous one, there
1: the problem. Well, is, you're heading that way. Apparently, it's going international.
0: <laughs> the states <laughs>
1: is one example. Of the best one
0: yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get to that soon yeah, we will. <laughs> but I mean, there is a lot of comparisons between France and the u s and it it irks me a lot when people make these comparisons because I understand why they're being made. But even with everything I've said, um, our politicians are so much more. Respectable people, in every sense of the way uh, (laughs) of the term, you know, it's it's not the political circus is much less of a political circus than it is in the U.S. And um, when people compare Sarkozy to Trump, I understand why, because he is going to the right and he's making some claims that seem uh, very populist.ic And all of those, but he's still a politician, you know. It's not, um, I don't know. It's it, it. I think those comparisons are very easy and not very accurate. It's for, it's so almost like an clickbait. we can't hear you. You're too far from the mic. I said, so he's not an orange monkey. No, he's not. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he moves around uh, quite a bit. He's very like energetic. He kind of could be compared to monkey in that way. But, uh. um, so yeah, anyway, that's, that's what's been happening. And, and one of the, um, Funny elements of this is one of the right wing contenders uh, was asked how much a pain au chocolat costs uh, a few days ago. A pain au chocolat is like a croissant with chocolate inside; it's a pastry, and he didn't know. And he was like, "Oh, uh, mm, uh, I mm, fifteen cents." And it's actually like a, obviously, it's not fifteen cents. It's a euro fifty or something like that, depending on where you buy it. But it's Who like is this. Uh, Jean-François Copé, who is one of oh, okay. the right side mm-hmm. uh, of the debate, people.
2: Yeah, French National Assembly. Yeah,
0: yeah. And 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 it's like, how can you not like have so little connection with reality that you think you're gonna pay fifteen cents for a pastry? Mm-hmm. It's I don't I don't understand how that can. It it doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense. You have to have no idea what the real world is to say something like this. You know, if you don't know, you say a euro and you would be, well, no, it's a little bit more expensive. All right, we get it. You don't buy your pain au chocolat yourself. And he's been, you know, brushing it off, saying like, oh, I don't buy pastries because I eat fruits and vegetables. So, you know, I don't know how much. I would love for, you know, he. the next thing he did after doing that must have been to learn the prices of every piece of fruit and vegetable available in case he was asked again. Because I Absolutely. guarantee you he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that's what's been happening in France mostly. Um, I, I'm curious if you've heard about the... Um, the French election in, in your countries, or if no one cares?
2: I, uh, we don't talk about it much, but I, I have an interest in politics, so I've read up about it. And um, I, I think the left is in trouble because it feels almost leaderless. Um, I mean, uh, Montebourg seems to be the most popular alternative, but I, I don't think he wants to run in. You know, uh, knowing that he's not going to win the election. That's the problem. No one wants to go because it's a suicide mission.
0: And there are some right. people arguing that, it you know, you can still do something afterwards. But and, and, you know, in France, it's not like the US. In that sense, they are superior because once you lose a presidential election in the US, you don't come back. Uh, you know, right. you don't run for president again. In France, you can run for 50 years if you have the energy for it. You'll still come mm-hmm. back and again and again. So,
2: yeah, but yeah.
0: Th- and no, also the, still. the
2: European uh, political system, The even if you lose the election, you're still in government, but just with fewer mandates and you're not leading. So yeah. you're still an opposition party within the government.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But so, yeah, it's, uh, it, the left is definitely in trouble. It would be very surprising if the right didn't win. Um, and the, the other issue is that a lot of uh, left. Uh, You know, socialist and left party people don't want Sarkozy to win. So they are uh, basically there are threats that they're going to come to the uh, right uh, side primaries to the Republicans primaries and vote against Sarkozy. Which honestly would be a mistake for them because I think if Juppé is is, gets the nomination, then a lot of people will be happy with him and he might, um, he might win more easily than if Sarkozy gets the election. And at that point, a, a left wing candidate might have a chance. Um,
1: so I don't know. Turkey. Yeah, we heard nothing about that. Yeah, you don't care. <laughs> nothing. Last I heard about anything about France was Sarkozy was planning to run.
0: That's the last thing I ever heard. has been a while. Yeah. All right. Um, there were a couple of other stories in France, but I don't think, you know, they're worth mentioning. It's like sexual predators getting TV shows, which is sickening. Um, and But at the same time, they've been accused and they're, not on trial they're under investigation but there's the presumption of innocence issue that comes into into play but at the same time it's creating a huge problem in the tv station because the journalists are invoking their ethical clause uh, saying they don't want him on that tv station and it's it's a big a big um uh scandal which i don't it's not I, I don't even know how it's going to end but uh, the, the interesting thing is that the uh, announcers have pulled their advertising from the tv show that he's running uh, and that might have a significant impact at some point because obviously financials again right boycotts 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 exactly i think we might have a, an episode title um <laughs> Alright, we're we're basically uh towards the end of the show, but I did want to carve out a little bit of time for us to talk about the US election. Um first, you know, not only because a large part of the audience is, is from the US, I'm sure, but also um because I think it would be interesting for us to um have a, a little bit of a uh uh you know, discussion on what we think of it now that we're mere a week or 10 days away from the from the vote. And, well, I'm going to say a little bit more about this. But first, let's go to uh, Brecky. And not Turkey, because I know Turkey is going to push my buttons.
2: Uh, Brecky. <laughs> yes. Um, I uh, I have a lot of friends in Europe and America and other parts of the world. And um, one of the advantages of this is we, we get a lot of perspectives. So, Yesterday, in one of the chat rooms, uh, one of my American friends, Jacob Ingalls, hello, Jacob, if you're listening, he, he asked, what is it like watching our election from outside? And um, three of the comments were um, a trash fire, a pulp 80s cyberpunk author writing this year, and <laughs> born from a great idea by great thinkers, but then being ridiculed by the Muppet Show. <laughs> and, and I think that kind of covers it. This This is like... Watching the U.S. elections from outside feels like watching a parody of real life. It's like Monty Python looked at the uh, the Nixon elections from back in the days and thought, "I know, let's make fun of this and let's make like something really exaggerated." And they made this year. Yeah, that, that's what it feels like looking from outside. Um, it, it just looks weird, you know. People are wondering how is this even possible? How how can we come to a level where you know, a, a country is trying to elect a this guy or that girl, and they they just don't understand the the process. You know, how is the how is it even possible that we got to here? Surely, there you know, in a country that large, there must be other people who are far better suited that just haven't been discussed or brought up for contention at all. So, it's it's just weird looking at it from outside. Mm.
0: Um, how about you, Turkey?
1: Well, I think most people around the world, and actually I saw a report on the BBC, I think it was the BBC, that shows that people around the world are saying, seriously, this is democracy, why the hell do we want it? That's what how you bad mean? it is. You, oh, you mean looking at
0: democracy yeah. with this example, they're like, okay, yes. we don't need it.
1: Yes. Really? I think that's, yeah, that's the reaction we're getting from a lot of people.
2: And that's actually uh, not a bad point. I mean, mm. if if this is what democracy gives us, then there's a problem. Hmm.
0: That's an interesting way of looking at it. I would
1: refute it with
0: the strongest possible uh, strength. <laughs> i
1: I say people went and a, I asked around and the BBC asked around and I got the same reactions the BBC got from China. And I yeah. got the same
0: reactions from here. No, I understand that that's the reaction. I just think... Mm. It's it's a bad example of what democracy can be, uh, but yeah, but that's the
1: one. But that's the one on the media. That's what the entire yeah. media is covering. That's mm. what people are seeing.
2: People no, of are not course, seeing. But that's not the whole story. Th- that's I that's agree like, with you.
1: I, uh, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, but yeah. I'm telling you, that's what you get a reaction from the world. Right. The U.S. is just ruining the image of democracy around the world. Right <laughs> now.
2: Democracy I, is uh, in many ways a flawed system, but it's also the best one we have.
0: Yeah. That, wasn't it uh, Churchill that I think this, so, yeah. yeah. As, yeah I, as I, I often I, say, every great quote in the world can be attributed yeah. to Churchill.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think really uh, Abraham know. Lincoln said that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> both Both. I, work, have no both idea. I have no idea how the Americans could even allow uh, uh, an orange baboon to be <laughs> shouting on stage and telling people how to vote.
2: So, it's what's populism, populism yeah. all over the place? And, and that's, that's been a, a trend in politics over the past, uh, you know, 10 years. A, a lot of the um, the European and nationalist movements aren't nationalist, and that's why they're winning. They're winning because they're populists. They're just speaking directly to the people, going, ah, grr, you know, look at this problem. It's because of. In America's case, the Mexicans. Or Back in you know, World War II, it was the Jews. And now it's uh, because of these immigrants taking our gerbs and so on. Yeah. Um, th- th- this is happening all over the place now. People are just looking for scapegoats and enemies. And the person who screams the loudest about, there's our scapegoat, there's our enemy, that person is usually the one who wins, unfortunately.
0: And we've seen an example of this in, uh, in the UK with the Brexit. Um, mm. But, I mean, we've talked about Trump... A lot, and I think the, the interesting thing um, is that I can't really find anyone who, in my circle of friends and relation and relationships, really thinks Trump is a good idea. Um, it's and still he has, however much you know, thirty-seven, forty percent of of the American people behind him, and I don't understand who because I. I would have a lot to say about disliking uh, Clinton, and we might get to this. But disliking uh, uh, Trump is kind of a kind of a given to for anyone I like. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's an interesting problem slip <laughs> um, for anyone I know. All right, um, but you're like you know, no, no,
1: no. I want I want the like that that, that <laughs> came from the heart. You're expressing something to yeah, all of
0: us. Yeah, I know, um, but you know it's. It's, I think a lot of people dislike Trump, but also dislike Clinton. But, and that would be a topic of conversation. But the people who actually like Trump, I don't understand who they are. They're very numerous and they matter immensely because let's say Every Trump vote loses. Counts. It, yeah. And, and let's say uh, Trump loses now. Um, there's, the people who supported him are still going to be here. You know, and they're gonna. They're if we if people look at this and think, you know, Trump lost. Phew, we we dodged a bullet. I don't. I don't quite think that's true. Well, yeah, you might have dodged a bullet, but there are a few more uh, coming your way in the in the near future. It's the same. We're right. in in the UK with well in the bre- the case of Brexit, they didn't dodge the bullet, but you know there are issues here as well, and I think. That's why I've taken a um, more um, measured stance, let's say, on Sarkozy, who I disagree with in his orientation in the past few years. But I think the, the problem isn't so much Sarkozy himself, who remains a, no matter what people say when they're yelling mm. and angry and demonizing him, I think he remains a valid uh, voice, voice in the political spectrum. The problem is he's inching towards, uh, you know, and more clearly now, uh, maybe even himself, but he's inching towards that populism and making it acceptable and getting that into the political discourse in a way that enables uh, people like Trump to come in after and to be regarded for the better part of his campaign as someone Acceptable and worth you know giving the same um the same amount of of yeah respect as any other candidate and I think that's what's been happening in the u s for a while now with the Republican party getting more and more um uh, uh, scapegoatee and populist in order to play to their right wing base, which is necessary to win the primaries. Uh, it, so it's a specific case in the in the U.S., but that's sort of a, a a process that seems like it has been inevitable as the polarization. You know, it's more polarization leads to more polarization and to a, a a system where you can't even listen to what the other side is saying because they're the other side. And we've seen a little bit more of this happening in France, and it it devastates me because it's it creates that climate where those kinds of populist ideas can, can thrive. Um, and they don't go away once the one representative of them uh, is, is shoved to the side. That representative might stay and others might take up his flag. So I'm, I'm a little bit worried about that.
2: There's a theory in uh, political science called uh, the ice cream salesman which is basically that if you have a large beach and you only have one ice cream salesman, everybody's going to go to that ice cream salesman. Uh, but if a, a second one opens up further down the beach, the populace will be split between them. But each and every one of the ice cream salesmen wants to get as much of the you know, people going to the beach as possible. So they'll start moving their stand um, closer and closer to each other so that eventually they're both sitting in the middle so that everybody can come to them. And uh, it's usually more or less the same in politics. And we see this in most countries, that most countries that have more than two political parties, they start moving closer and closer to each other. So whereas they maybe started off with having extremely large differences, at the end, they're they're just talking about minor percentages in tax and so on. And we're not seeing this in American politics for some reason. And I don't know if it's because, um, you know, on the whole, the country is still quite young, and we we just haven't gotten around to it yet, or because there's some sort of incentive there to just maintain this very strong polarization between the two parties. Uh, We don't have a third party candidate that's ever made any huge difference, except when uh, uh, Bob Dole took too many votes from the Democrats and allowed the Republicans to win, um, which is a shame. But yeah, it, it's just weird that the, the parties aren't moving closer and closer to each other. And uh, I, I wonder why that is at times.
0: Well, the irony is really policy-wise, un, uh, you know, when you're looking at a few specific policies, like the Second Amendment or the right to choose or, you know, these kinds of things, they're not as far uh, from one another in practice, in policies, not in mm-hmm. in campaign promises, but they're not so far from one another. Um not definitely not as far as people would have you believe, and, no, of course, I mean ultimately, in many ways uh the Bush presidency was not so different from the obama presidency um and to the chagrin of some people, and some people will show you the um the the i don't know the war in Iraq, which obviously was a big deal uh <coughs> Or the, the Obamacare and tell you, oh, this is the end of the world. They might be, you know, good things or problems, depending on, on where you look at them from. But they're definitely not the end of the world. And that irks me the most. And I think you're right, uh, Brecky, the, the, the absence of a multi-party, of a real multi-party system is damaging to the, uh, to the Amer- American political life. For all mm-hmm. of our faults... We have in France many different parties and even though it's true that ultimately you will end up with a um a candidate from each big party at the second turn of the election all of the other parties matter they keep people in check they influence mm-hmm. the policies you can express your your votes and some people are saying that well you should vote for a third party candidate in the American election today because that's how you get your voice heard no, that is dangerous no. at this stage. Um, that's not yeah. how you do it. The way you should. Well, and I mean, I'm not giving. Yes, I'm actually giving po- lessons of politics to the to the U.S. <laughs> you See, you see, the way you see
1: that's, that's 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 the problem, Patrick. You're giving people lessons on how to who to vote for. Well, I think you shouldn't. First of all, you shouldn't. And 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 like, come on. If they should, if they don't are not happy with the two candidates, they can pick whatever the candidate they want. That's democracy. To tell them no. You are... That's dangerous. You are ruining democracy by telling them no. That's, that's dangerous. It's not, Part of democracy is for people to vote any way they like. And you're telling them not to vote the way they like because it's dangerous they should go and vote to a specific person. There's How is that a democracy?
0: Lot, okay, there's a lot to unpack here. First yeah, of all, definitely. I'm not actually saying that, uh, you know, they shouldn't vote for who they, they like. I think if they actually want... A um, you know, a, a country that runs on uh, uh, libertarianism, then go vote Johnson. If that is what your ideal of, of a government is, you know, then go for it for sure. What I'm saying is, the way third-party candidates influence the elections is not when you have the, the, the election in one round. The way it actually works is that you have a, a first round with many candidates. And then you decide who you vote for, and then you have a second round with just two remaining, and then you you can vote. You you know what you're doing. In the case of the only one round election, because there's the primaries that almost count as a first round, um, it it's it perverts the system because ultimately you only have one. You make the biggest well, decision for the country in every four years. In well, just one go, and I don't think g- having well, one round is healthy well, and in could, this case, I, just let I, me I, finish I, Turkey in yeah. this case, voting for an a third party candidate because you're unhappy with uh you know both existing candidates is a problem because because of the way you look at the two uh candidates i'll I can go on this uh a little bit later, but Voting for someone you disagree with because you also disagree with the other two is it doesn't make sense to me
1: well Go ahead, le- i i i'm I don't know u uh, s elections very well, and if I'm wrong in this, correct me. but as far as I know, you can vote for whoever you are. They have to win two hundred and seventy delegates to win if they don't get that, and that's how it happens if you vote to. An outsider if you divide it so much the congress picks the president i could be wrong correct me if no, i am no you're not. right you're right so it's yeah. so it's not exactly a one round election because there's a second round if nobody gets the 270 delegates
0: i don't think that second round makes things better and, 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 i think and, if and, congress and, and, has to pick and, the president and
1: and, and 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 the congress is going to be whoever the party wins the congress so half of the congress is up for election so whoever is going to control the Congress is going to pick the new president. Yeah, and but I don't think that makes that, things better. I think people are that, going to be very angry if that happens. People yeah. would be angry if that happens. And that's, and you need that to happen. You need people to be angry so they can start a movement to fix the election system and make it a new election system that goes the way you think it's the correct way.
2: Uh, I think will, one of the... Why
1: would anybody bother and change the election system unless they really get pissed at it?
2: Hmm. I think one of the problems is that it's, it's very easy to go from a three-party system to a four-party system or a four-party system to a five-party system. But going from a two-party to a three-party is, is almost impossible. Um, if, if you compare the two political parties we have today, one is 7-Up and the other is beer. So a third-party system would have to be compared to another drink. So if the, if the third party that shows up is like Sprite... Do you think they're going to be stealing voters from 7-Up or from beer? Well, probably from 7-Up. So beer is going to keep winning the election. We want Coke. Right, but Coke is still going to be stealing from the soft drinks.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I, I get what you're meaning, yeah.
2: So every every third party is going to be taking voters away from one of the parties a lot more than the others. Which means that all of a sudden you have... Even if there were 50% of the population voting for each party in the beginning then all of a sudden you have 25% voting for one, 25 voting for one, and then 50 voting for the one that, you know, mm-hmm. didn't have people stolen away. Yeah, from
1: yeah, you, know, you know, the problem isn't exactly in the parties. It's more in the election system. It's more about the U.S. media. The U.S. media only cares about the two parties. Mm-hmm. And they would only give time and voice to members of those two parties to voice their opinion to the population. They don't... The other parties or independents or whatever, don't have the coverage that they can compete with these people to give out what they think and what their opinions and their policies. Well, you know, I would disagree a little bit on this. Um,
0: the the Johnson debates. got a little bit of airtime. Yeah, he wasn't included the in the debates. I agree. In the, any yeah. debate. But the, yeah, okay. I mean, we could we could speak about libertarianism, which I and anyway, Johnson,
1: Johnson is about. also an idiot. So that, yeah, that's deal. that's the issue. I mean, unfortunately, at- there's not a single person in this U.S. election that's even worth a vote. But if I was an American personally, as an individual, I would have voted for Hillary because I would rather vote for a crooked politician than a baboon. So mm-hmm. I just want to address this for a
0: second. First of all, to your question of why do we care? There is one country that everyone should care about because it influences everyone. It's the U.S. The, the, the U.S. election is not just about the U.S. It's mainly about the U.S., but it's also about the entire world. So it's that's not, why not, I care so much.
1: I, I never say don't, don't care. Everybody cares. I care also. My point is don't be too invested in it, in it because you don't have a voice in it at the well, end of the day. Uh, you know, I care about it. Express your opinion. Just don't be overly invested. And Patrick, you are overly invested in this, and you can't even vote. So no, well,
0: yeah, try of to course.
1: Chill a little. Chill uh, well, a little. no, I think I think I'm relatively
0: chill. I haven't tweeted about the election for at least you know ten days. I, it's, it's, oh wow, okay. that's
1: a, a huge. Yeah.
0: But you know, the I think one of the things that that's a, and we're looking at at you know how are we looking at this from the outside? Uh, we didn't do a show last month, but one thing that surprised me was that the um, allegations against Trump of, you know, sexual abuse is what finally got uh, a lot of people to denounce him, including in his own party. When what I don't understand is why did that do it when the, you know, Mexicans are rapists didn't do it?
1: My question right? My question is... is Really, you had someone to come out and bring you a video to know that is obvious with that guy. Well, you yeah, can see it a mile away. Well, yeah. first
0: of all, seeing it a mile away and actually hearing him say it is the difference between presumption and proof. So I think that's an important distinction. Um, but the second thing is, it, I, you know, the 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 outrageous things he's been saying, the things, the unacceptable things he's been saying. Have, he's been
1: saying for a long time, and I don't understand you know, why those it, it's were. Simple. No, this is it's simple. It's very simple. What's going on in the U.S.? The people are pissed and they're done. And then they came. They saw one person who came out who isn't a politician who's just talking stuff out of the blue. Who it just feels like? Yeah, he he actually knows what we're going through. And then they have a politician, a very traditional politician. That they have never got, were happy with. They just went with this guy who sounds okay. Well, hey, at least he's not the politician. That's no, basically. I understand it. this. I and, understand. And, and it took them, and some of them took them a while to realize wait, he might not be a politician, but this guy is dangerous. I think the politician is safer. So that's what's going on. Yeah, People just I... jump ship because they are tired of politicians. And one of the reasons they're tired of politicians is because it's a two-party state. So, okay, there
0: are, again, a couple of things to unpack here. Uh, first of all, I uh, of course, that is what happened. I completely agree with you, Turkey. But I still don't have an answer for why the Mexicans being rapists uh, is not enough for other politicians to say, you know what? This is not acceptable. And I think there is, you know, for all of the complaining that Donald Trump has been doing about the media being unfair, it's not about coverage. They've certainly covered him a lot, but I think he's benefited from uh, political correctness. When he's denouncing it, I think he's benefited from it because as a major party candidate, political correctness states that you have to try and be quote unquote neutral. And cover the person in a a, a neutral and again, quote unquote, fair way, which led to treating those things as acceptable when really there There, are some things that weren't. And because until, until the Billy Bush video, you know, bus video, the media was not denouncing Trump. And I was at a loss to why. And, you know, the media and other people. And that is what, what yeah. made him acceptable, what made him seem like a, an acceptable choice. And that helped him immensely. Um, and I think when it finally happened, it was things getting back in, in normal world, because no matter how politically correct you are, there are some things that should be shown for what they are. And I think that didn't happen. Uh,
2: I think it's a a lot easier than that. Um, The the Hispanic vote is only about 9% of the votes. And most of them are going to the Democrats anyway. So uh, when he was saying these things, he wasn't losing any potential voters. Um, But women are a large amount of voters. I mean, technically, it's probably about half. And uh, a lot of them would be going for the Republicans. So by, by and, vilifying and, and, and the Latino uh, vote, the Republicans weren't losing a lot, but by vilifying women, they, they were. And that's and he why would they have decided vilified, he
1: would away. He would have vilified African-Americans if he could.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, he, well, he kind of did, but... Um, so, okay, just to finish off, I do want to talk a little bit about Clinton because I see this idea of, you know, she's horrible, he's a bit worse, but it doesn't make her less horrible. And... I've, I've seen a lot of what she's been accused of, and I've heard all of the arguments against it. And please don't, you know, go and tell me, oh, but actually, you know, Iraq and her ties with, uh, with Wall Street, and she said that, and the Clinton Foundation. I've seen all of it. And honestly, again, as an outsider, I really think that she's, as you were saying, Turkey, a regular politician. And I understand that people are, are fed up with regular politicians, but I also think that the uh, intensity of the hatred for her and for regular politicians, quote unquote, is fabricated by the uh, illusion that the world and the U.S. is going to hell in a handbasket. Well, let me finish my want. reasoning.
1: It's how it's how she won. It's how she won the nomination for that, a Democratic. No, that is not the that, only reason. That's Now the main reason. Turkey, please let let me finish. And you,
0: I can. I'll let you yell after as much as you want. It's not the only. It's not only Bernie Sanders, which is the issue. It's her entire political career and political life, which is vilified by her opponents. And it's the again. It's not even just her. It's the idea that the political system is so horribly corrupt, and not just corrupt, but uh, uh, isn't working. That. If we keep going that way, it's going to be the status quo, and things are going to uh, be uh, destroyed. The world is going to be destroyed. When really, if you know, if we take a little bit of perspective, yes, things might not work as as perfectly as you would like, and there are some issues here and there. But by and large, if she gets elected, things it's going to still be business as usual, and it's not the world is not as horrible as people are making it out to be because they want, you know, they're using this for political gain. I really don't, you know, it's the same in France. It's the same in every Western country. Do we have problems? Yes. Do we have things we need to fix? Of course. Do we need the the system to be thrown away like, you know, a table flip? And do we need... um. Uh, to change everything and, and throw everything away and. No, we don't. Things are working fine. Everything is going better, especially in the US, but in the world in general. And we are under the illusion that things are going worse. And this is doing horrible damage to us as a, um, you know, as a people, because we're making the wrong decisions because we're not seeing things the way they are. You know, there's less crime, there's less poverty, there's less um un, uh, 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 people who can't read, uh, are there spikes here and there of things that are going less well? Again, I agree. But in the Western world and in the world in general, things are going better. We don't need to throw everything away and get some populist horror to come in and for political And personal gain. And I'm not just talking about Trump. I'm talking about all of those happening over all over the world. We don't need someone to come here and break everything because it's so much harder to construct. And it's taken us dozens and hundreds of years to contrast something that works more or less well. And the illusion, the idea, the lie that it's not working is the biggest hurt that we can uh, inflict on ourselves. Uh, Church, I think I you should you definitely
2: yeah. read the book uh, Rational Optimists by Matt Ridley because he, he's talking about this very thing uh, about how uh, media is, well, media and just people in general are, are constructing things to be worry, worried about while actually overall poverty is decreasing, healthcare is increasing, um, longevity is increasing, um, people's freedoms are increasing on the whole, on average, across the world. Everything is getting better all the time. Um, but it just doesn't sound like that when we read the news, and that's important but, uh, uh, because then Hillary, we make yeah.
0: decisions on you know when we think things are going worse, and and then you get to a point where you think Clinton is just a little bit less evil than Trump, but she's also horrible and and terrible
1: and is going to end the world, and that's Clinton just Clinton was not did, true. did not earn a lot of friends when the way she won the Democratic nomination is by using superdelegates. That did not win her a lot of people. The fact that these people have gone out and voted and now they feel like their vote meant nothing and superdelegates can decide who runs for that party hurt her really bad. And that's why people are pissed. That's one of the reasons people are pissed. They don't feel like their vote means anything. And that's how you get some people to go and vote for an idiot like Trump. I don't and think that's, that's the, the
0: situation now.
1: I really don't think that's the situation now. The situation uh, now there is, is... There is a lot of people who are not going to vote for Clinton because she won the nomination using superdelegates. Well, I, the, the thing what I'm hearing, you know, I think that
0: is a reasonable-ish argument. But what I'm hearing is not that. What I'm hearing is a lot of people who can't vote for Trump because they understand that he is what he is but who also will not vote for Clinton. And I mean, now we're more or less in a situation where apparently Trump, uh, it, you know, the polls are giving uh, the, the um, election to Clinton. But what I'm denouncing uh, here is... It might be changing the, right now. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, it's a changing a little bit. But what With I'm denouncing email. is... If it's a toss-up between the two, people say, well, they're almost as bad. Both of them are almost just as bad, so I'm not going to vote. And that's my my issue. My issue is they're not just as bad. You might dislike Clinton because she's a politician and all politicians are crap. I get that. But Trump is significantly worse. But even beyond this, Trump is significantly worse, this hatred that you have for politicians and the current system is irrational the amount of hate you have for it is fueled by this illusion again that things are horrible when they really aren't and that's my my you know my issue my main issue here is that the status quo with clinton isn't the horror that a lot of people are making it out to be and That is the basic reasoning for them to decide that they would, that they don't care. And even, you know, if any of them is elected, whatever, at this point, it's the shit show that we've been seeing in the circus that people from the outside are looking at. I just, you know, I strongly disagree with the fact that it's, the, the status quo would be so bad that you would throw away your vote. Is that, does that make sense? Am I crazy? Am I insane?
2: You're not crazy. Um. Look, I agree
1: uh, with you if if they are not going to vote. But if they do vote and they just pick someone else, I disagree.
2: Yeah. There's the pilot theory of presidential politics, which is basically there is going to be a pilot flying the plane that is the United States for the next four years. You just have to pick one. So even if you don't pick one, there's still going to be one that flies the plane. So why not just pick one? Um, And, you know, on the whole, I, I personally at least think that uh, Clinton is the least bad of the alternatives. i, I I'm not supporting Clinton. I'm not supporting Trump. Uh, I, I think both of them are, you know, terrible picks on the whole. But I think Clinton is the less terrible. Um, but there is actually just one um, argument that I could make for a Trump uh, presidency and 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 this is going really, really far into uh, you know constitutional law and so on. I think if Clinton wins, this gives the the Democrats a probably very long lasting, if not even permanent majority in the Supreme Court, And the, the only way to avoid this now is that if the, uh, if the Republicans win, then at least there will still be a, um, a, uh, a conservative voice in the Supreme Court, which otherwise would just be all left all the time. And, uh, I don't think America would do very well if there's, you know, an, extremely large liberal majority in the Supreme Court. I mean, every issue ends up there. And um, there needs to be a rational discussion between the left and the right for these kinds of things. Mm,
0: I, yeah, I would disagree a little bit with the fact that it would be, I think there's are still, uh, you know, lawmakers first. And they would have... Yes, they have a liberal bias, maybe, but they still uh, need to pay attention to what's constitutional and the law. And also, that's my bias, personal bias. I think the left of the US is still to the right of the rest of the world. So even Mm -hmm. with, you know, left-leaning government and Supreme Court, basically, I just look at... at, um, the Nordic countries and think, why can't we all have this? You know, <laughs> it's really, ultimately, none of anything matters. The way the Nordic countries are run is ideal in the current, it's the best way, the best system we know. Maybe you could look at Switzerland and, and look at that as well. But, and, and yeah, so anyway, and, and they are, and the Nordic countries are definitely to the left of the US. So, and yes, it's not the same thing and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I,
2: anyway. I think the Nordic system could still work in the American framework. I mean, even having it, you know, far right of where the Nordic countries are, the, the system itself with multiple parties, the election cycle, the, the way that the government is structured with, you know, everybody sits in the government, but only, uh, but the leader of the government is taken from the largest party and so on. You know, that kind of system works for me. Mm. Um, but maybe that's just because that's what I was raised in. You know, yeah. this is what yeah. I grew up with. So I, I don't, you know, I, I wasn't raised in a two-party system with the election cycle format that America. Oh well, yeah, so. that
0: I think everyone agrees it's not really working very well currently. Um, but I think the bigger problem is is the level of government intervention in in everyone's lives, which would definitely not please a lot of the uh, our American friends. And that you know I understand. No, and. No. To to finish up uh, this conversation, I would like to give the last word to Turkey, and I will not interrupt you, no matter what you say, and, oh, you, wow. and that will be the end of, of this conversation.
2: Can I still do it? Can I still interrupt him?
1: Yeah, well, if you want. <laughs> well, why uh, would you interrupt me?
2: I don't know. <laughs> Just, you know Apparently, we're agreeing
1: we'll a lot on this topic. We, so we why are. Would you we me? <laughs> so, and you said everything. I'm done. Okay. You, so <laughs> you said it.
0: All right. Well, there you go. Hopefully that was an an interesting look at it and um, you got something out of it. And I hope I didn't anger uh, everyone uh, in the U.S. too much. But I do think that that perspective is important in the U.S. and everyone else, everywhere else. So um, things aren't as bad uh, as you think.
1: My last word is for every American, please go out and vote. Doesn't matter who you vote for. Just vote. Uh, well, it matters. Just don't vote for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Who's biased now, Turkey? No, no. I, I I I dislike a person. I said don't vote for him, but vote for anybody else. Okay, thank well, you very much. Even fight fight in someone. Just go out and vote. Make your voice heard.
2: <laughs> right, and if nothing else, we only have another forty-eight episodes of this show before the next election cycle. So you know we'll yeah. be back.
1: It it, it
0: has uh, all happened before, and it will happen again. Um. Uh, all right, before we uh close off the show, I did want uh to come back to that special episode I discussed at the beginning, uh, the one where I talked to Tony who is a conservative Christian and who was explaining to us his uh you know, his views, his daily life, uh what we do on those on those special episodes. Uh and there was a a, a comment from uh, Lorenzo uh, on the website which I did want to to read. Um we were talking about, well, I'll just read it. Uh, Tony was promoting the narrative that Christianity is under attack in the US, that he identifies as a Christian and has had to deal with various forms of oppression, aggressive attitudes from non-Christians, prohibitive legislation that targets his faith, and public ridicule towards Christians in general. These are all experiences of victimization shared by Americans that identify with any number of historically marginalized communities and are indications that American demographics are shifting away from a Christian majority. It's very hard not to resent the opinion that once Christians are exposed to this kind of oppression, that it should be treated as a national identity crisis, that they are somehow more victimized than other communities, that because this oppression centers around a belief system, it's somehow more sinister than when directed at other groups. And he goes on um, to talk about a number of other elements of this discussion. But I think Lorenzo put into words um, something that I was trying to express during that show. Um, And I think Tony was, you know, understanding as well, uh, to an extent, but we didn't quite put our finger on it. And um, I think he, he said it really well. So this idea that it's just regular victimization, quote unquote, now applied to Christianity, and it somehow feels you know, stronger or worse than when it's applied to others, because it's new to people like us who who haven't uh, experienced that kind of of discrimination. And I think it speaks also to some of the things we've seen happening in in the tech and gaming industry towards women and minorities and things like that. So uh, really, it it was well said. So thank you very much, Lorenzo, for this. And uh, I hope we we, uh, can continue
2: having these kinds of conversations because they really bring a lot to me as well. So. Could, could I just add a, a note on that topic? Sure, um, please do. Because my my background, even though I work in tech, my education is in uh, religion and sociology, and um, you know w- what we're seeing, um, you know, in America and many other parts of the world, is just a general trend towards secularism, uh, the, the separation of government institutions and religious institutions, and basically one of the things that we're seeing, and you know, this is especially true in the Western world. Is that we're moving more and more away from religion as a you know everyday topic. religion becomes something that is a personal topic. you don't do religion, you have religion. you know that, that's the trend that things are going to. and I, I think the reason that Christians are feeling uh, set upon is that Christianity used to have a very strong position in countries like America and uh, other Western countries and I think Christianity is just unfamiliar with taking a step back towards a position that they now share with, you know, religions like Buddhism, Islam, uh, Hinduism, and so on. And um, they're just unfamiliar because the step back is so large for them. Uh, whereas, you know, in, in other countries, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, places like Indonesia and others where there have been multiple religions for a long time, uh, a, a secular movement is affecting them all equally. And um, I think that's probably what he's feeling. It's not anti-Christian laws or anything being passed. It's just laws being more clear on separating government and religion, or public life and religion, not Christianity per se.
0: Yeah, which affect Christianity because it's the the most uh, uh, the religion that is the most represented uh, in the U.S. But it's sort of a byproduct of the trend that you're discussing.
2: Right, right. I mean, ever since the uh, Enlightenment, you know, John Locke, Diderot, Voltaire, Jefferson and Paine and the rest of them, uh, ever since then, we've been moving, you know, slowly and slowly away from religion as a public matter. It's becoming more and more a a personal matter. Uh, The state isn't allowed to be religious in most of the Western world. Um, State secularism is even, you know, a lot of people are saying that it's protecting religion because as soon as the state controls the religion then the state decides what the official religion is supposed to be and how it's supposed to evolve, and it's blocking other religions from yeah. being expressed.
0: I'm, I'm sure you would get arguments from people uh, who would say, well, yeah, that's what we want, and we want that religion to be Christianity. Or, you know, Islam in the and case of Saudi exact Arabia.
2: type of Christianity. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, we in France have been practicing that kind of secularism for a, a little while now. So if you want to see what's uh, uh, awaiting you in the future, you could come to France and have
2: some pain au chocolat and a little bit of
0: cheese and uh, you'll see how cool it is,
2: right? Yeah, or, or better yet, Sweden. I mean, we're considered one of the most secular world uh, countries in the world at the moment.
0: Yeah, but the Swedes are too nice. It's, it's suspect. <laughs> They're just also mm-hmm. in Sweden, you have the same thing that we do in, in Finland, which is the uh, dome of gray, the eternal dome of gray between November and January. And it, I'm pretty sure that that comes from extreme secularism. It, it, you know, it's God saying something to that country. It's like, OK, you can have, you know, social security and health care and unemployment benefits, but
2: in exchange, you have to live under, you know, in Mordor for half of the year. Yeah, just one, one final note on the matter. I, I promise to shut up after this. Um, okay. in, uh, in Finland, about two or three years ago, um, there was a documentary series made called The Norden, which is basically a, a documentary series about the Nordic countries and how we're different in several ways. So one of the things that they did was they, they had a, a prison warden from America come over and visit the prisons in Norway and just uh, am- being amazed at how different it was. And uh, one of their episodes was um, where an American pastor called Marty McLean, and he, he's one of the, you know, a proper Bible thumper. He honestly believes that the world is 6,500 years old and that everything in the Bible is exactly God's word and so on. He came to the Nordic countries and visited with the uh, churches here and uh, talked about, you know, how, how do the Nordic people relate to God, faith, and spirituality. And um, it, it was an amazing episode because he was. He just couldn't believe his eyes and ears when he was listening to um, the Nordic people expressing their beliefs when it came to faith. And he was talking to other Christians a lot of the time, and he just couldn't believe his ears. And uh, definitely check that out if you can. It's I think it's all on YouTube. It's called The Nuden, uh, N-O-R-D-E-N.
0: Yeah, I just checked. Uh, I think it is uh, at least religion and Nordic prisons. Are mm-hmm. uh, on the on YouTube, it seems. So yeah, the Norden, N O R D E N, and go check it out. It's, I'm definitely gonna do that.
2: You should. It's it's really interesting. I, I like the prison episode as well because he he was just so befuddled. Like what they they have knives and forks here, and they <laughs> there's no guard here. But but can't they make weapons out of it? No, no, they pass through a metal detector on the way out of the kitchen. But 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 what about what wait what? <laughs> so again perspective and yeah. hopefully we've
0: provided a little bit of it during this show because this is what we're all about um and you know i do think this is important and if you think it's important too hey how about you throw us uh, a couple of bucks our way right the uh, the patreon is available it's at patreon.com slash the phileas club and uh, you can yeah, help I'm us so out that's
1: capitalists
0: <laughs> oh, I've, I've never made any secrets uh, about the fact that I am a dirty capitalist and that I want all your monies. And if you think this show deserves, you know, maybe the price of a pain au chocolat, which is not 15 cents, but a Euro 50, which translates into what, $15,000, something like that.
1: Um, thereabouts,
2: yeah.
0: Thereabouts. You can go to patreon.com slash Club. Uh, you know, I do this show because I love it. But I also think that uh, it would be cool if you did give me a little bit of money, if you think it's worth it. So please do consider it at least. And if, you know, instead of going to vote, you decide that you're going to use the money you would spend on gas uh, to pay for the show, then I think that would be acceptable. See, I'm hmm. easily bought as well. Uh, anyway, so patreon.com slash the Club. Thank you so much to everyone who's already supporting the show. And there are many people who do. And uh, I hope you will become one as well soon. Um, and if you want more perspective, how about you go check out Brecky's podcasts? Uh, where would people do that, Brecky? Uh,
2: the best place to go is uh, scicon.fm, C-S-I-C-O-N.fm, where we publish Many, many hours every week on various topics. And uh, if I could just make one recommendation, that would be for people to check out a podcast called Geek Days, which is a daily show, only about 10 to 15 minutes every single day, where we talk about uh, the six biggest stories in geek culture of that day. So that's everything from tech to movies, TV series, to politics, to basically everything as it relates to geek culture. And we're coming up on episode 500 in just a week Nice. and 500, which is going to be our Monday episode in a week's time. So early November, uh, that episode, will see a new theme song and a slightly longer middle ep- uh, section of the episode where we um, talk about today in geek history. So every day we, we talk about, you know, what happened on on this day, um, 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So so, yeah, that, that's going to be interesting. Episode 500 coming up in a week.
0: Cool, and you'll have the link to Brecky's uh, Twitter account, Breki T, <laughs> on, in the show notes. Absolutely. Um, Turkey, how about you?
1: Well, you can find me on Twitter, uh, tur- at Turkey Albala. And I have a question for you, Patrick. Okay, I'm scared, but okay. go ahead. Uh, no, 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 don't be scared. MacBook Pro, or are you switching to Windows for laptop? <laughs> well... <laughs> The MacBook
0: Pros are really expensive and I need one with, a, with a, a graphics card that's significant. So that would be like the super expensive 15-inch. And I've been yeah. looking at the Razer Blades, which is basically the only alternative I can see that would be, uh, you know, okay in that kind of uh, deal I want, you know, in the form factor and power and everything. And they're... Less expensive, but not incredibly less expensive. And I don't know, maybe I'm just going to keep my old Mac, which doesn't do games <laughs> at all. It's, I don't know. What about you, Turkey? Are you, are you looking for a new
1: Mac or? No, I already, I just recently got my MacBook. Ah, a the, the tiny 12 inch one. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. I love, okay. I love it. I, I love. <laughs> use, I use Windows for gaming. I have a desktop for my gaming system. And I use my Mac for productivity, and that's it. So that's my problem. Now I'm I'm traveling
0: around. I'm uh, in France half of the time. I'm I'm elsewhere half the time, and I have my gaming Windows and work gaming Windows PC at home. Which, of course, you know, I wouldn't give a, a out away for anything. But <laughs> I, I like the the Macs for for the laptops, and. You know the the trackpad is amazing, and that's really important when you're traveling yeah. around and so. But crappy Intel integrated GPUs—that's horrible. It's yeah. Uh, <laughs> so
1: yeah, and, for gaming definitely.
0: Yeah, and the external GPUs aren't quite there yet, so I don't know. And. You know, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. You've asked me the one question I don't have a f- definitive answer for in the world, Turkey.
2: Well played. That's the one question. Yeah, the only one. Anything Everything else, else you know.
0: Anything else, I can tell you exactly how it is. Um, all right. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening to the show. I am not Patrick on Twitter and on Facebook. And uh, you can also find us at FrenchSpin.com, where you'll have the um, show notes. And uh, the links to the Patreon, which I talked about so much, and uh, Pixels, which is another show we do talking about video games. Nothing to do with this. We're going to be talking, we talked about uh, PlayStation VR last time and should you buy it? How important is it? Um, How cool is it? In the last episode, in the next one, which we're recording in a couple of days, we're going to be talking about the Nintendo Switch, with uh, Scott Johnson, and we'll tell you all about that as well. How cool oh, does one, it seem, one, more, one more
1: thing. One more thing, Patrick. I have a comment. Okay. I want the top hat back. <laughs> the top hat? <laughs> yes, it's I still want here. it back. It's still here. I but want it on the, on the new logo. I want it back.
0: It's actually going away. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you've seen I in the. <laughs> i know i know but no the the new look by the way on the patreon page i shared uh the new logos that's what he's talking about the top hat is going away i'm so sorry but it the, the globe is still there
2: oh
1: no, no.
0: <laughs> well you know what you can do if if you're really uh super into the top hat you can start boycotting the episode so it will you know <laughs> boycotting the show we all and know that this works yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um but you know if you want to tell me you want the top hat back you can uh actually and if you're going to blizzcon you can come find me at blizzcon and and let me oh, know Yeah, you're
1: going there Have fun. yeah
0: yeah i'm going uh i'm leaving in in a few days and uh hopefully uh, that's going to be a lot of fun uh if you do oh, see the me way, come i high. hate you why 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 so do you always you got, hate me
1: you 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 got me back into wow world of warcraft oh. I, mean, I started playing it two weeks ago all because of all the comments of how great legion is i'm how, so how sorry
0: <laughs> what what so what do you think so far
1: i'm enjoying it there you but go it's 15, it's 15 bucks a month for god's sake
0: <laughs> you're not a government worker you're not getting your benefits cut so what are you complaining about
2: Legion so far has been the only expansion that I have not returned to the game for. That I, is, I, think, I, I think I've managed to quit now.
0: That's <laughs> kind of dumb. It's the best
2: one. Uh, <laughs> but three expansions in a row, I've reactivated my account, I've come back, I've leveled up to max level, but this one, this is the first time where I've been able to say, no, 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 Recky, you have enough on your plate, you have enough things in your life that are taking a lot of time, don't add this again. And I'm here to tell you that's a mistake. I don't understand see, why people it, don't. It's it
1: worked, it worked for me for a whole month. And this guy keeps on mentioning how great it is. I <laughs> have to go in. Uh,
2: I'll just have to avoid Patrick for the next couple of months.
1: <laughs> well,
0: uh, we'll see how that goes for you, Brecky. I'll um, add
2: you to my spam filter.
0: <laughs> I think you won't be the first one. Um, oh. Yeah, I
1: mean, this right. ends so much. It's just so much fun
0: we are ending the show now turkey no more questions thank you very much everyone for being for listening and we will talk to you in the next one bye